Amen. Thank you, worship team. God is good. Amen. All right. Rush class may be dismissed to go and be ministered to. And please welcome with me our senior pastor, Cameron Wright. Wow. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Are you glad you're here? I'm glad you made it through the snow. I drove from Mackinac City. Yeah, that was uh, something I never want to do again. <laughs> the entire way was like a one lane. Uh, and some of the time I was actually able to see pavement, but most of the time I wasn't able to. It was a complete storm. We had a pastor's conference, our association have a number of churches in the northern Michigan area and up in the Upper Peninsula. And so we, we met in Mackinac because <clears throat> that was like the central location. Had a great time. Had almost 70 uh, pastors and leaders show up. And Fred Wright from Toronto came and ministered and uh, had a whole day of... Um, of worship and teaching it was it was really encouraging but then it ended at 4:30 and and we had to pack up and drive all the way home so it was quite a challenge but we made it hallelujah yeah glory well we've been teaching on the pathways and uh something's humming back here do you hear that hum hums bug me can you figure out what that is? Thanks, Leonard. How many appreciate our worship team? Let's give them a big hand. One of the um, pastors that we work with up in northern Michigan in Alpena, she called me, and, and I actually hadn't scheduled worship for this uh, pastors, this leaders event. We just wanted, wanted to go in and minister to the leaders and kind of encourage them and, and impart some stuff. And, and she said... She's got a sweet voice. Her name is Michelle. Some of you know Michelle Smith. She's like, Cameron, the, the pastors up here just, they really need worship. <laughs> she says, you, you don't know how, what it's like. You have such a worship team every Sunday and you can just enter into that worship. He said, but up here it's, it's really hard and, and they're really hungry and I'm like, okay, Michelle, okay, we'll have worship. So we did two sets of worship, but, uh, <clears throat> Worship is an excellent way, and we really appreciate the team that uh, works so hard. And I'm going to talk about the worship pathway in just a minute. Um, we've been reviewing different pathways uh, to God. Now, this is I want to be real clear when we talk about this um, that we're not saying that there's you know this idea of relativism that all paths lead to God and this this corruption of the idea <clears throat> uh, that uh, you know. As long as you're good or religious, you'll end up going to heaven. All dogs go to heaven kind of thing. That's Disney theology. Okay? <laughs> and, uh, you know, <clears throat> the gospel message is both uh, extremely exclusive in the sense that there is one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the way, the truth, and uh, life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. But the gospel is also extremely inclusive in that uh, the command is to go preach the gospel to everyone, everyone that breathes, you know, to every creature, it says that we are to, to communicate the invitation 
to come into gospel life. And the vision that we read about uh, the, the celebration in heaven is that there are people from every tribe and every language, every tongue, every nation, uh, worshiping God, surrounding the throne. And so God's vision for His people is to bring together into one all of mankind with all of its diversity and bringing them into relationship with Him and through Him with one another on a level of unity that's beyond anything that the world can offer. Okay, And so what the Gospel offers is really the ultimate of what some of these other ideologies and philosophies strive after but can never offer. Jesus came to reunite mankind with one another and with our Creator, with our Father. I mean, that is the message of the Gospel. But what, we've, what we find is that uh, different individuals, just like they have different personalities, and that's part of the beauty of creation, we also have different uh, means or uh, ways that we connect spiritually. And uh, we're just kind of going through different ones. We've talked about... <clears throat> Um, the relational pathway. We talked about the intellectual pathway, serving pathway, the contemplative pathway. Last week I talked about the activist pathway, someone that likes to get something started and uh, likes to get things going and, and is just an activist. And it, they come alive when they, when they can do big things and something that's challenging is what gets their blood flowing. And <clears throat> I have to uh, take a moment, and please forgive me, to uh, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> clarify something because I got some. I said something, and I've gotten a lot of feedback, and I think I, I miscommunicated. So I, I want to clarify something. Um, <clears throat> the point. <laughs> everybody got your attention now. <laughs> I want to apologize for miscommunicating last week. <clears throat> in that, um, uh, at the, near the end of the sermon, I uh, uh, the point. Everybody say, what's the point? What's the point? I don't know. I forgot. No. <laughs> I'm getting to it. Uh, the point was is that many people who have the path, activist pathway, they want to do big things for God. And there's this idea that they think that in order to do big things for God, you have to be in ministry. And, and that's just not true. In fact, what I said is being in full-time ministry actually can hinder you from doing big things in God because you are the busyness of ministry prevents you from the freedom of just going out and doing extravagant things. And so and I and I use some some imagery that by the way was all biblical. And I can I can give you proof text for every one of them. <laughs> but listen, I love being a pastor, okay? I do. I really do, all right? <laughs> even though I describe it as a prison sentence, okay? <laughs> well, Paul said he's a he's a bond servant of Christ, you know, and uh, and and so there's something in that that's actually that's a blessing, even though it may not be comfortable. I, I really do love being a pastor, and and what a lot of people, based on the feedback I got, um, <laughs> uh, kind of like they didn't understand what I was saying. The, the aspect of being a pastor that you, like if you were to describe a job description for a pastor, all of that stuff, I love doing that stuff. 
Okay? If all I had to do was teach the Bible and counsel people and give advice and be there and, you know, the, the pastoral kind of stuff, this would be a, an easy job. That stuff gives me life. Okay? All right? All of that stuff that, that most people kind of put in the category of this is what a pastor does, that occupies less than 10% of the, of the many hours that I spend working every week. Okay? It's all the other stuff that has to be done to keep the organization. And I'm not complaining. I'm, I just want to c- communicate because I don't want you to think, oh, poor, poor little old Cameron, he's got a, he's, he's suffering under the burden of ministry. Hey, you know what? You know, teaching a message is, I can do that in my sleep. I actually do it in my sleep. <laughs> I often have dreams where I'm preaching the gospel and I'm ministering to people and deliverance happens and we can talk about it some other time. But Or or praying for you or you call me up and you got this problem and you want advice. Oh, that's, that's a joy to me, all right? Filling out IRS forms is not a joy to me, okay? All right? Really? You all like your tax deductions? <laughs> okay? There's countless forms that have to be filled out. And it's like they ask the same questions over and over again, right? And, you know, you find out uh, five years ago I put a wrong number in a box and now they say we owe them over $10,000 and they keep sending me these scary letters. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this. Like, and so, I have, so all the time it takes to learn how to fix a problem that I didn't even know was a problem. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And making sure the chairs are in order. Making sure every week something breaks in this building. Really. <laughs> Amen, brother. I'm not the one breaking it. <laughs> so, did you hear that? You all hear that? I didn't say. So, I either need to find someone to fix it, or I end up fixing it, you know. And so there's just all that kind of busyness stuff. And that's just part of the package. I'm not complaining. You know, I love it. And uh, uh, so I just want you to understand, I love being a pastor. And the feedback was like, people, I don't know, they just thought I, I'm probably going to mess it up even more. So is that all right? Okay, good. Praise God. Huh? Well, shucks. Thanks. <laughs> I love pastoring this church, too. You guys are great. Okay, really, it's a great church. It's fantastic. I hear other people, pastors talking about their churches. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> you guys are awesome. So, okay, we want to we want to press through and get through the rest of this because I want to finish this series today. The uh, sixth uh, uh, pathway that we're going to talk about is the creation pathway. This should be pretty straightforward. Uh, a lot of people have this, uh, and unfortunately, it's really been kind of dissed. Uh, in um, Christianity, especially for the last 500 years. But um, the creation pathway or the aesthetic pathway or the beauty pathway, um, uh, for these people being around something beautiful, especially being in nature or in a natural environment, dramatically increases their awareness, uh, pardon me, their awareness of God. And they can draw, listen, they can draw spiritual meaning from nature. Okay? Now this is so prevalent in such a large number of people, and I believe it's because we are human. It's part of our human 
uh, uh, nature <clears throat> that whole religions are based on this. You know, uh, a lot of spiritualism, animism, uh, Shintoism draws uh, uh, the the idea. American Indians saw spirits in, in the in the trees and in the hills and the ground. Everything was a spirit. Well, it's because. There is a spiritual connection, and some people are really tuned into that. And so you can walk through, a, walk through the woods, or uh, for me, sitting on the beach and watching a sunset. It just—I connect with God. I just connect with God, or 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 staring up at the sky in the middle of the night, uh, where there's away from the cities and seeing all the the galaxies and the stars. It's just like I sense. God in that. And that's a, a valid spiritual pathway to connect with God. They feel closest with God when they're out in nature. Or, see, along with this, sometimes people connect through art, through visual media. Um, <clears throat> pardon me? Yeah, beautiful classical music. Beauty, the aesthetics. There's a, you're wired in a way that that, 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 turns you on not just emotionally but uh, God can speak to you through that and that's a valid thing uh, tell them or you know teach them people that uh, uh, have this pathway as their primary pathway if you tell them they have to get up while it's still dark and just sit in a room with a bible and read a book and they just don't get it they fall asleep, you know, where the intellectual, the person, the intellectual pathway can, can stare at this book and look up in dictionaries and spend hours and hours with their face in the book and, and come away alive spiritually. These people, you know, <laughs> and, and it's sometimes we don't understand one another. But you tell them, listen, take your Bible out into the woods or uh, you know, go up in the mountains, or go to the beach, or go kayaking, and and read a verse, memorize a verse, and and just sit out there and and and, and find how that verse connects uh, uh, in nature, and or what verse comes to your mind while you're there looking at that sun uh, set over Lake Michigan. <clears throat> You know, give them a concordance, uh, and they won't know what to do with it. But give them a blank canvas and some paint, and they can create uh, an expression of worship. And that is valid. That's a very beautiful uh, aspect of how we relate with God. And some examples from the Bible, Psalm 42, is, uh, and really most of the Psalms, but um, this is a contemplation of the sons of Korah. And it says, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. And so he's taking a, a comparison of something he probably saw. A deer uh, thirsting after the water. And he saw this deer. And, you know, around Michigan, man, there's a lot of deer. <laughs> and we see that and we go, wow, that kind of expresses how I feel toward God. And so the psalmist could see in nature something that expressed his heart to God. And there's other people. St. Francis of Assisi is, is known for um, <clears throat> being, you know, he, he gave up all possessions and he would uh, just walk through 
uh, the countryside. And he literally, he took it, it says the, the scripture preached the gospel to every creature. Uh, from what I've read, he'd stop at a, if there was a pasture with cows and he'd preach the gospel to the cows. You know, there was a donkey, he'd preach the gospel to the donkey. And, uh, and God used him mightily to, to stir up revival in the church that desperately needed it in his day. Um, I think uh, James Jordan, some of you may know, is an awesome teacher. He's from New Zealand, and he teaches on the Father Heart. And if you ever have the chance to hear him or uh, download and hear some of his teaching, he's excellent. But he spent many, many years of his life literally alone in the mountains of New Zealand uh, working for the government as a uh, what we'd call like a DNR uh, guy uh, patrolling a part, and he just spent, and he just talks on and on. The guy just talks forever. His, <laughs> his lengthy sermons, but he just describes how he would connect with God as he's walking through the the mountains, and he'd go weeks without seeing people, and uh, and he just that's that's his that's how he connects with God, and that's all right. Everybody say that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's a very good way. Often these people can be misunderstood just as the other pathways. And in the evangelical church that emphasizes the Word, okay, as in the written Word, which has been a, a strong emphasis on that since the Reformation, um, because God restored this truth that the Bible is our sole authority. And so we judge all experience. We understand all of our experiences on the objective Word of God. That's true. We believe that. All right? All right? We all believe that? Everybody say amen, brother. Okay. <laughs> we are evangelical uh, uh, Christians and that we believe that the Bible is the authority that we submit to, this objective authority. But somewhere in the mix, a lot of us, or church history, kind of got to the point where they so focused on the objective that they actually started to deny the subjective. You know, or they became suspicious. Now, subjective is something that happens to you. Okay? And so if you hear, feel, see, touch... Uh, or whatever, experience something that's subjective and open to interpretation. Objective is, sub, is something that's disconnected. That Bible doesn't change no matter what I do. Alright? <laughs> it's been the same for thousands of years, right? I can do all kinds of wacky things, you know, but I need to judge what I experience, what I hear by the objective Word of God. But that's not to say what I hear is not from God. Because the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. Okay? And the Bible is a record that covers thousands of years of people experiencing subjectively the work and the person of God. So it's biblical. Alright? We are submitting to the objective Word by... Um, appropriately and accurately understanding and learning how God commun communicates and communes subjectively. All right? So <clears throat> we want to um, keep that balance. And uh, sometimes people with the creation pathway or some of these other pathways get misunderstood and there, there is an unnecessary tension between the two. And what's important is that we learn the balance. 
uh, and that both are very important. Um, the evangelical uh, church, especially in America, also really emphasizes activity. And uh, we tend to uh, judge things by what people do, <clears throat> what we get done. And this is, I think, kind of an American uh, personality trait, too. It's like, you know, what you're doing, 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 how many, you know, what's the result? We're production oriented. And, and sometimes a, someone with a creative pathway, they just want to enjoy what God has done, you know, and, and there's confusion there. It's good to do stuff for God, but sometimes we just need to lie down in green pastures. Okay? Who, who, who in the Bible is, does that, makes us lie down? Yeah, the Lord. The Lord is our what? He, he leads us beside. And then what does he do? He makes us work. <laughs> Memorize the Bible. Study. Set. Pull out the book. Come on. No. Hey, why don't you all lie down in green pastures? Hey, take it easy for a while. Listen to the, the river. Hey, let's just hang out, man. That's, that's a valid experience of God. <clears throat> And something we want to, and some of us kind of get connected that way more than others, but it's important that we all understand this. Um, so if, if you're one of these individuals, you need to develop uh, a spiritual formation plan, a discipleship program. You need to factor this into the way you relate with God so that you're taking time to uh, grow in this area without neglecting the other things. A lot of people who emphasize this say, oh, I don't need to go to church. I find God in the woods. I was like, well, God is in the woods, but He's also in church. And in His objective word, He says, don't forsake the gathering together. And maybe you have something that somebody else needs. All right? Maybe you don't need something today. You will someday. But maybe someone needs what you need. And so that's why we're part of a community. The last pathway we're going to talk about is the worship pathway. <clears throat> Everybody say worship. worship. Yeah, worship, I actually don't like the use of that term because worship um, is everything that we do that expresses uh, how we value God. Okay, it's based on the word worth or worthy. And so whatever we do uh, and uh, living obediently, working diligently, uh, taking care of our family, being faithful and, and every that, that's just as much worship as singing uh, um, spiritual songs. But <clears throat> for the sake of the term, the worship pathway, the praise pathway is uh, generally associated with those who really connect with God um, <clears throat> during times of, of worship and singing songs. They, they love the first half of the church service and they kind of just sit through the second half, you know? Or, uh, my wife schedules nursery and there's like some people that like they'll only do nursery the second half of service or they'll only do it the first half. And like you can just tell, you know, some people connect through the word better than the worship and they don't want to miss the worship service, but they don't mind missing the, the my, me. <laughs> you know, and some it's the other way around. I've had many people that go, oh, I just had to... I gotta sit through those songs, you know. Why, why do they sing so long, you know? Well, man, I just get so much when you teach. Um, that's okay too. 
It's just because people are wired differently. And, and sometimes you go through different seasons. Um, <clears throat> people with this pathway may own hundreds or thousands of worship CDs or... Remember CDs? Those were... <laughs> Those shiny things? <laughs> I'll be glad when they're gone. Let's just go to MP3, get rid of all that stuff. So <clears throat> uh, they have worship music on their i-whatevers. <clears throat> You know, and, uh, you know, just hundreds of gigabytes, terabytes of, of songs that they can listen. And they know the worship leaders by names. And people will come up to me and go, you know, uh, man, what did you think of this song or this artist? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. You know, I have no clue. You name an artist, I don't know anything he or she has sung. I don't remember any of their names. Worship leaders, what do you think of the new song I did today? I'm like, that was great, man. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I like it all. If I go to a, a Lutheran or a Catholic service and they're singing some old hymn, I connect with God equally as though, you know, you get the old gospel singers, four part harmony. I'm like, oh man, that is so cool. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I think I, I do connect in worship, but this is certainly not one of my primary ways. Um, <clears throat> and so I'm not tuned in. Like some people have like significant experience and they can worship for like two hours, you know, uh, or more. And, um, <clears throat> uh, and they just get further into God and that's wonderful. Um, <clears throat> when these folks come into a room where there's worship music playing, they can instantly sense God. If they go to a church that has poor music ministry, they tune out. You know, they're just like, what are these people? What are they doing? You know, and, uh, you know, or they, some churches will sing one or two songs and they talk and then they sing a song and they talk and they sing a song, you know, and and some people connect with that. That's okay. And some people don't. And that's okay. Um, It just has to do with what your pathway is. Um... Those with the intellectual pathway love to listen to sermons. Those with the worship pathway um, think listening to a sermon is probably a waste of time unless they're talking about worship. <laughs> you know, And then they can get into it. What's the Bible say about worship? David certainly is a biblical example of someone. David, King David, wrote most of the Psalms, and so, which was the hymn book. The hymnal, um, <clears throat> the song list of the Old Testament and the nation of uh, Israel for uh, literally thousands of years. And then we see uh, whole movements, the Vineyard Movement, Hosanna. <clears throat> right now, Hillsong is, um, is a, uh, you know, they're based around their music. And uh, because they're led by people who have this pathway. <clears throat> and um, it's funny, in one of the resources, I looked up, it actually said renewal movements uh, are often exemplify this pathway. And I'm like, we're a renewal movement, <laughs> you know, because there is an emphasis on worship uh, because we experience God through that way. And, and that's that's uh, great. It's a wonderful way. Psalm 150, verse 6 says, Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. And so this exhortation, you just see it in David's writing and, and those special, uh, the, his writings and the other Psalms that just talk about singing and making music and, and celebrating God in that way. Um, and it's, the, the truth is, is that there's a dynamic or an element of God that you can experience in each 
uh, of these different pathways that you can experience to the same degree in the other pathway. All right. Uh, and so not only are we wired that way, God is wired in a way or God expresses himself uniquely in all of these varied ways. And uh, that's why we need to value all of them. Uh, if you <coughs> connect to God this way, don't judge others who can't connect through worship, music, the way you do. And this is often the case. Someone, you know, gets bored during the worship service. That's okay. Maybe you don't connect by standing and singing out loud songs you don't know. That's fine. <laughs> Frankly, I think it's kind of awkward, you know. I, I mean, I'm so used to it. I've been doing it for so long. I love it. But I think about someone, you know, who's never been in a church service. They walk in a room. Everybody stands up and starts singing songs they've never heard. How would that make you feel? You know? How would it make you feel? Yeah. You go, these people are whacked. <laughs> <laughs> you get a new job and you go to report for work and you go into a training meeting and they, they all file in, they sit down and that guy comes in and goes, okay, let's stand up and start singing a song. You're going, you know, and everybody else was like really getting into it and you're going, I don't feel anything but awkwardness, you know. And that's just part of the dynamic. you got to learn some of the songs and, and once you experience God in this way, then it's like, wow, there is something there. And uh, often you need to have a breakthrough. And breakthroughs happen often when you go to a, a, a conference where, where that's what they're doing. You know? And you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to worry about your kids getting hungry and needing to take a nap or who's, what's made, made for uh, a supper. You, you can just go to a conference and if the worship is an hour and a half long, it's okay because you ain't got nothing else to do. And that's, that's often how you can enter in. And then you come back and you want it. You know, uh, more because you've tasted that. <clears throat> All right. So don't judge people who may not enter in in the same way. Don't judge other churches that uh, may not emphasize that area because it's not one is better than the other. It's just different pathways. Uh, and if this is your pathway, you need to uh, find ways that maximize that and maximize personal worship and, and go to conferences that are about worship and, and spend time and experience God in this way because there is a power. There's a power that we gain through that. Let me just a couple of final thoughts on these pathways. And there's more. Uh, more uh, you can get more detailed differences. Uh, one of the reasons why I've taken so much time to discuss this is not only that we learn about our own way and learn how to maximize our own way, but also that we understand maybe the person sitting next to you or your spouse or your children and understand how do they connect and how can I help them or how can I stay out of their way <laughs> when they're connecting with God. And understanding the different pathways enables us to do it. There's three, <clears throat> three particular things I want to point out. One is pathway guilt, pathway envy, <laughs> and pathway projection. Real quickly, pathway guilt is that, <clears throat> you know, for whatever reason, poor self-image or whatever, you think that your pathway is not as good. This is kind of connected with the pathway envy. Uh, 
uh, as someone else's or you feel guilty that, you know, you come to church, you don't feel God, but you go out in the woods by yourself and you feel God. So you feel guilty about coming to church. And what happens is you stop coming to church because every time you come to church, you feel guilty. <clears throat> and then you go out in the woods, you're by yourself. And after a few years, you're so disconnected with the people of God. And what God's doing is that you're isolated. The Bible said he who isolates himself wars against all wisdom. And then you have a crisis and there's nobody to call because you haven't poured your life into somebody else. Right? So don't feel guilty. It's okay. You know? Uh, that's the way you're wired? Rejoice in it. Celebrate that. Pathway envy is, is, oh, if only I was like Graham. You know, and could worship. If only I could scale the heights. <laughs> <laughs> Graham's like, yeah. <laughs> That's what he's been praying for. No. <clears throat> Someone else is more spiritual. Uh, don't identify the pathway you want just because you think it's more spiritual. I want to be like that. You know, rather than saying, oh, this is the way I am. Uh, pathway projection is this thing of, this person's you're not good enough because you don't worship God the way I worship God. You know, so you must not be spiritual. You know what that is? That is just flesh. That's religious flesh. That's the kind of stuff Jesus really gets down on. All right. You're not as spiritual as me. Sound like a hypocrite? Yeah, we don't want that. You know, you're spiritual, but in a different way. And let's, I can learn from you. You can learn from me. Let's celebrate this together. Let me end with a quote. Gordon MacDonald uh, writes, uh, I got this online. I didn't verify it, but I trust it's, uh, he said it. It's a good saying. It says, We identify the leading instincts by simply observing what is most natural for us to do in expressing ourselves to God and in revealing uh, and uh, to God and in revealing His Word to us. So just what's natural in how we express ourselves and how God expresses Himself to us, we can identify uh, our instincts. But when we have discovered what is most natural, it is important to explore the other four or five uh, pathways or languages. So, and this is the main point. Maturity in faith comes when we become conversant in all of the languages of worship. Okay? Maturity is when, hey, I can enter in when we're worshiping. I can enter in when someone's having a scholarly debate. I can enter in and experience God if I'm alone walking through the woods. I can enter in if I'm in prayer for a couple of hours. I can, uh, I'm conversant in all. I like one or the other, but I'm able to do all. And that's the goal. That's real maturity. And different seasons in your life, you're going to need different aspects, right? So, all right. Well, there you go. God bless you. Adam, come on up and give some uh, testimony. Yay! Give Adam a hand.